the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Well, Jiminy Christmas, good people. It is show number 230. I am the Bowtie Guy, your host, and we're here with another show on the Mess It Up Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's just me today. So uh, you may hear some pauses while I stop to get a refreshing beverage to wet my whistle and keep myself from getting too croaky. Uh, but we will hang tough with uh, with what we've got today. Uh, last time I did one of these solo shows, I got a really nice note from uh, a listener in the Pacific Northwest who said that they really uh, liked when I did solo shows. So I'm taking that to heart and thinking, all right, well, let's just go ahead and roll with another solo show and see how that works out for me. So here we go. Solo show with the Bowtie Guy. We are, as you should know by this point, 100% listener supported, which means that all of our funding comes from listeners just like you. And the way that we make that happen is by sending you to our website, which is messituppodcast.com, asking you to click on the Become a Patron button where you can go to our Patreon platform. Or if you prefer to do a text to give, you can text the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA and it'll walk you through everything you need to do a text donation. Uh, We appreciate those one-time gifts that you give us. We also appreciate the people who are monthly supporters and uh, continue to keep our show afloat and all of the work that we do with the ministry. Um, it was a, a big month uh, with the ministry because we were back in the prisons and uh, I did this last month, uh, the month of August, we drove just about 2,200 miles, just about 2,200 miles this last month to do ministry in the prisons and um That's at California gas prices, and we are volunteer missionaries into those prisons, so that's what you're helping us do. You're helping us get in there and spread God's word to people. Uh, I just did a group tonight with uh, Prison Fellowship Academy in uh, the prison, and I had a guy come up to me and thank me for doing what we're doing. We were doing tonight, we were doing our Celebrate Recovery Inside. We were working through our step study, and so I broke the guys up into groups and they were sharing the answers from their step study. If you're familiar with doing that, we're in, in book one, lesson two of our uh, participant guides in The Journey Begins. And it's new for these guys. It can be tough in recovery to get people to want to share out on the streets and open up and become vulnerable to people that they may or may not know real well. Doing it in the prison is even tougher. It is a a real difficult thing for these men to want to open up because prison is not always a safe place. It's not a place where people go to open up and share. And tonight I listened to men sharing. and, And typically when I break people up into a group in the prison and ask them to talk about stuff, they'll talk for a little while. They'll kind of scuff the surface a little bit and then they just want to talk about what happened on the yard today or how was chow at lunch or whatever it was, you know, just kind of talking about stuff that's not as meaningful. And I had a group of 18 men and they were all 
engaged, completely engaged in the conversation to the point where I, when I, when I had to break us up uh, to bring us back in as a big group, it was, it was a little bit difficult because they were so um, wanting to share more of, of their lives. And so I asked them to reflect on how it had gone and the thing that they were talking about was the openness. So a gentleman uh, stayed back after I just missed the class. He hung back to talk to me. And this is a gentleman who has been um, involved with uh, Christ for a long time. He's been in prison um, far more than he's been out of prison in his life. Um, and so he's, he's, he's done some stuff. And he was a little bit resistant when this class started for Prison Fellowship because he wasn't sure if it was going to have enough uh, focus on Bible. And it's, the thing that really made him nervous was the Celebrate Recovery part. And he thanked me today for convincing him to stay and for giving him the opportunity. He said, I just never knew how I could be opened up and, and share and what a, a weight that would relieve and how God could fit into all of this. Um, so it was a true blessing. And and that's what you're doing is you're giving people like me an opportunity to go into the prisons. We are recruiting more uh, volunteers to come in with us, and we're going to want to be able to help them with their prices uh, or cost for gas and, and whatnot. So I just really appreciate all of our donors uh, for the ministry uh, through the show. So if you want to get involved, you have the information so please do that. You also know that we are involved with social media and it's not social unless you're there. So please find us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Look us up on Reddit and, and get involved with our subreddit and uh, keep an eye out because uh, sometime in the not too distant future, there's gonna be a post on one of our social sites, either Twitter or Reddit or Instagram or Facebook where we ask you to reply to something and the... Uh, uh, people who reply are going to be entered into a contest to win a Starbucks gift card. So I look forward to giving that to someone. So please be checking us out on all of our social platforms. One of the things you can do to be social is you can use big words. Uh, I was telling my guys in the prison tonight, we were going over the small group guidelines, and one of them is that we're a Christian group, and so we expect Christian language, and I tell the guys, if you can't say it without cussing, keep on not saying it until you come up with a better word, and if all you've got in your vocabulary is cuss words, well, read a dictionary or a thesaurus and expand your vocabulary, learn some new adjectives. So tonight, we are going to expand our vocabulary with the word of the week, which this week happens to be profligate. Uh, it looks like profligate, but it's profligate, and it means recklessly extravagant or wasteful in the use of resources. And people might say that I'm profligate in my verbiage and my language, but I would soundly disagree. Uh, so if you can use that word in your sentences this week, give yourself 10 bonus points every time you do. Impress people with your profligate language and your fancy highfalutin words, and um, that'll be just, you know, a super, super hoot. So anyhow, I think that's everything that we've got to do. I forgot to do all that last week, uh, so this week, I'm back on track, got it going, we got our updates going, so we're good. Real quick sip, and on with the show. So today, I'm looking at a quote that I had written down a while back when I was watching the show Amazing Race. And so the, the last season of Amazing Race that just ended, uh, this last season, had some winners, and 
let me just tell you right now, spoiler alert, I'm going to say who won the show. So if you don't want to know who won last season's Amazing Race, jump forward 30 seconds in the podcast. So so Penn and Kim won the Amazing Race, the team race that they were doing. Um, and uh, at one point, they were talking about how it was going and and trying to not lose patience or temper or become upset with with people and the other people in their their groups and the comment was made I'm doing the best that I I'm doing the best that I can and I assume that everyone else is as well and I give them grace and I thought to myself wow what a powerful statement to make on network television that you know we we make mistakes we all make mistakes just because I'm trying to do my best doesn't mean that my best is going to be what you want. And even if I achieve my best, it might not be exactly what you're looking for in, uh, in my efforts and my, my results in the work that I put forth. You might find it lacking. So just doing our best, uh, you know, it's all that we can do, but, but some people won't accept that and they'll, they'll get upset. We had a situation in the prison recently and they've, they've moved some inmates into the prison from another facility. And so they're integrating two rival gangs into our facility. And these rival gangs are, you know, sworn mortal enemies of each other, meaning that they're expected to... Uh, take the life of their enemy if given the opportunity. So when you put men in close quarters like this with these kind of uh, affiliations and um, and oaths, this belief system, uh, violence can ensue quickly. And in the last week, we've had um, people get hurt um, simply based on this gang violence and retribution and reprisal. And the people in the prisons are doing the best that they can, but, but it oftentimes ends with bad results. And um, the prison where I was working um, this last week is what we call a going home prison, which means that people there are working on bettering themselves so they can go home. People are planning on being released from that prison. They're not planning on staying there or, or you know, catching more cases. They're, they're, they're doing what they can to get home. And so when you've got guys who are real close to going home, you know, a couple of months or weeks uh, to the house, it's, it's not what they want to have a big mess get brought into their world. So a lot of the guys were very, very upset uh, as we spoke today before we began class. And so what typically happens is when I come in and the, the gentlemen come in, uh, they come in in, in gr small groups uh, as they make their way because they've got to get through several doors to get to our classroom. And, and to get through a door in prison, what that means is you have to wait for someone to come and open the door for you so that you can leave your housing unit and then get into 
um, the housing unit where my classroom is and then get into that classroom. And so there's, there's several doors that can need to be opened for you and that can take time. So as gentlemen make their way in, they'll have conversations. And um, this was, as I suspected um, would be the case, this was the big topic of conversation this week was this influx of new inmates and the violence that had ensued because of that. And so many of them were asking me for my guidance as a person who had navigated through the system and was now on the outside. They, they asked me for my advice. They, you know, they were talking. They said, well, what would you do? And that's a difficult question to answer because things inside are different than things outside, for one. That, that's something that's just the case. On the inside, you are expected to stand with the group that you run with. You, you declare for a group, and when your group has a problem with another group, you are expected to jump into the mix regardless of your status and your going home uh, date. And that puts people in jeopardy because they know that this is not something that's just going to be handled by um, their MAC reps um, who are going to you know, represent their group to the other groups to handle business. They know that this is probably going to wind up with people laying hands on each other and people going to the infirmary or worse. And it's not necessarily something that they relish, but it's something that they accept as part of the culture where they live. So for me to say, just don't get involved, stay out of it, is perhaps a little naive, a little pie in the sky, a little bit wishful thinking. If any of these gentlemen has declared that they're running as Christian, then they won't be expected to get involved in violence. But most of them don't run Christian because if you run Christian, then you are seen as weaker and um, the the threat of reprisal is taken away from other groups. So it's easier to take advantage of you because there's really not a lot that is expected that you will do because you have declared Christian. So you are uh, forced to abstain from any violent means in terms of taking care of problems. So these guys have not declared Christian, most of them. And so that means they are expected to jump in with their group if that comes to... Um, what the situation is. And so they were worried and they asked me and I, I, I told them that, you know, there's, there's ways of looking at this. You can look at this from a, a world perspective, which is this is what the world would have you do. They would have you jump in with your group. And if you don't jump in with your group, your group will then take care of business with you later. Um, just as, as an example, um, if you are uh, Sir Trace gang, uh, number 13, you know, M13, you are, you know, you don't jump in with your gang, you can expect 13 seconds of uh, beating, uh, ultraviolence on you for not jumping in, which doesn't feel good, but is, is not going to be lethal. Um, and so there's decisions that can be made. But from a, a biblical standpoint, you know, we are told to not rush to anger. We are told to control our tongue. We are told to forgive, to turn the other cheek. 
to have grace, to not fit in to that culture of violence. And that is, um, it's a tall order for some in a prison setting. It's a tall order for most in a prison setting. And so it made it difficult for them to want to make that decision. And like I said, most of these are, are fairly new Christians. And even though they might know the verses, there's a difference between knowing a verse and putting a verse into action. Um, you know, James says, show me your faith without deeds. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's not about the deeds, but, but it's also not just about the faith. It's about having both. So it was a difficult conversation, but it, it, I think starting with that conversation and talking about grace, I think it led them so beautifully into our step study tonight, which went so well. And uh, it was just uh, a very, very remarkable night. And, and it kind of leads me into my song of the week this week, which is um, from the band We the Kingdom. This is a song called Miracle Power. Uh, so I want to play about 90 seconds of it for you. And we will uh, be back on the other side to talk about that and uh, continue with the show. But right now, here's 90 seconds of We the People. I'm sorry, <laughs> We the People. Of We the Kingdom with miracle power. Fear is chasing after me. Whatever trouble I am facing, I will lift my hands and sing. I believe in miracle power in a So there you go, uh, We the Kingdom and Miracle Power. And it picked up right uh, in the lyric that really catches me each time. And you don't hear it in this, the segment that they gave us, but it says, In these battles of addiction, when fear is chasing after me. And I know that I've had those battles of addiction, and I know the fear that chases me because of the addiction and not just the, the fear of, of doing the addiction, but the fear of what the addiction brings with it and the, the, the depression, the remorse, the sadness, the regret, the shame, all of that stuff that's lumped in with the addiction. 
then it says, whatever trouble I'm facing, I'll lift my hands and sing. And, and then I love the bridge of this song. It says, I may not know what a day may bring, but I know who brings the day. And I know that it's Christ that brings the day to me. And, and regardless of what comes at me, I know that you know, Christ has it taken care of and he's, he's fighting for me. This last week, I, um, you know, I've been home uh, alone now for almost two weeks. By the time this comes out, it'll be just just shy of two weeks that my wife has been gone to Tennessee to visit her family and help take care of her dad. And hi, Bev. <laughs> she's listening there in Tennessee. Right now, she's smiling. I can tell. She's nodding her head. Um, I love you. Uh, so anyhow, um, my mother asked me out to dinner last week. And... We typically go out to dinner on Sunday evenings. That's the day when she usually will call for that. And so it was a little odd midweek. But I thought, well, you know, Bev's out of town. Maybe she's just, you know, looking to do something. So I said, sure, I'll go. And so I met her at Burger King. And she had given a very generous donation to the ministry. Uh, but then she had raised some questions about it and asked questions about um, if the funds would be misused. Um, and, and done for something that she pointed out that she was not in favor of us doing, which, by the way, is, is not something that we would ever do. And nobody on my board would even think of misappropriating these funds or creating fraud. They didn't, they didn't join my board uh, for Messed Up Ministries just to try to cheat us. Uh, it's just, you know, not what we do. And the amount of money that she's talking about as cheating is not worth anybody risking uh, legal action for fraud. So it was just, it was absurd and it was insulting. And so I told her that and then she got mad at me and she started accusing me of being the son of God, I think, because she was calling me his name. Uh, and I, I assured her I was her son, not the son of God. Um, but she just kept on getting more and more agitated and uh, calling me names, um, cussing at me and, and these kind of things. And it was just, it was hurtful. And uh, I, I decided I wasn't going to listen to it anymore. And so I told her that um, she was being mean and abusive and abrasive, and I was deciding not to be part of it. And so I was leaving, told her goodbye, and left. And then I sought counsel from some friends um, who helped uh, reassure me, calm my nerves, and uh, talk to me about things like boundaries and, and honoring my own boundaries that I've set to keep myself safe. But the thing that could have happened, I, I hesitate to use the word should have happened, but it's, you know, the thought is there, you know, should have happened, could have happened. The, this, this possibility and opportunity didn't happen. And what that possibility and opportunity was, was for me to slide into a depression and to want to soothe myself with my habits and hurts and hangups. But what I did instead was I just called some, some valued friends and, and sought some counsel from some people. And all of you who I called, thank you for doing that for me. But it, it saw me through and I was able to stay because I knew 
that God had me and had the situation. Uh, one of the people I called was, uh, was good in reminding me that, uh, that God is in control. Uh, and I spoke to the fact that, you know, one of the reasons that I stayed around and took my mother's abuse, because I, I stayed there for, you know, 20 minutes or more listening to her just rail at me before I left. And when my friend asked me why I waited so long, I said, you know, I, I think, and I hadn't had a chance to process it, but I said, I think that part of it is um, a feeling of duty, responsibility, guilt if I leave, because I had promised my father on his deathbed that I would take care of my mom. And he knew how my mom could be. They were married for 43 years. So he understood what I would be going through. So he knew what he was asking me. And I knew what he was asking me because I had been around for, you know, almost 40 years at that point that he asked me this. So I, I suspect that a lot of the reason that I put myself in those positions where my mom can do this to me is just out of that, that guilt and that feeling that I, I should do it as a son. And one of the things that my mother would love to, will love to do to me when things happen like this is she likes to wait for me to show any sort of emotional crack and then say, oh, and you call yourself a Christian. So I didn't give her that opportunity this time. I, I, I held my cool and my calm, but she, uh, you know, has put that seed of doubt in my head. And so my friend said, look, that the Bible tells us to honor our parents, but it also tells our parents, you know, to not exasperate our children and that I need to, I need to know that, that I don't have to be a, a punching bag for her. So, so going back to what I was saying is, you know, I may not know what the day may bring. And I didn't know what that day was going to bring. I didn't know what that offer for a meal was going to bring. But I know who brings the day, and that's Christ. He brings that day to me. He keeps me whole. He keeps me strong. He keeps me healthy. He keeps me moving forward. And he's got me when I don't have myself. And he's got the answer that I don't even know exists, that I can't plan, I can't, I can't think up, I can't create, I can't devise anything better than what he has for me because he is the author and finisher. And he's read the end of the book. He knows how it ends and uh, he's smiling because it's got a good ending for me and for you. Um, so anyhow... Uh, I really like that song. Um, so thank you, uh, whoever sent that one to me. It may have been uh, Bev, uh, maybe it's someone else. Uh, I don't remember at this point who sent me that song, but sure is a good one. Um, so thanks. I really, I really like, uh, you know, We the Kingdom. Uh, I think they bring a, a fun, good message. They got a good sound. So, so going back to my original quote and thinking about, you know, people, you know, doing the best. A lot of times what it boils down to me or to for me is that I have to write the story that I don't know. I don't have the full details and I've got to fill in the blanks. And it's up to me as the life author to fill those blanks in. And the major question is, how am I going to fill them in? What am I going to do? How am I going to look at it? 
Uh, it's so easy to snap to judgment and get indignant and self-righteous and want to just rail on people who are causing me angst or perturbing me in some way, getting on my last nerve, making me say, oh, I just hate when this happens. That's so common of a phrase to hear people just so disgusted with people, but not trying to find out what they're doing and why they may be doing the things they're doing. So, so here's what it looks like for me. Uh, quite frequently, it happens when I'm driving and a person does something that I don't like. And, and I, I tend to think of myself as a very good driver. It's, it's very Rain Man of me. Oh, I'm a good driver, uh, you know. And um, I tend to be a person who's, who thinks that their you know, choices in driving are the right choices, the proper choices. And so therefore, if somebody doesn't do something that I would do, that makes them wrong. I can be very arrogant as a driver. So a person, let's say they come and they pass me and I'm thinking, oh, what is this idiot doing? That's my knee-jerk reaction. But what I try to then move into is to tell myself a story that justifies what they've done. Because I know when I do something, I want to justify what I've done and I want people to know what's going on. So this happened to me uh, last week on Sunday. I was driving and going down a major... Uh, road in our town. And as I was coming to an intersection with a traffic light, um, I was driving in the left-hand lane and the person was driving beside me in the right-hand lane and they wanted to get into the left-hand lane. And uh, they just started coming into my lane. And I had to move out of my lane into another lane, uh, which was a turn lane, which was not where I was planning on going, but it was that or get hit. And rather than you know, honking my horn or yelling at the guy or shaking my fist. I just took a little bit of time and when I pulled up beside the guy, he looked so apologetic and, and I realized I was in his blind spot. Now I've had people in my blind spot before and I've pulled in on them. And when I did, I wanted them to be like, hey, it's okay, you know, blind spot, I get it, you know, we've, we've done it before. And so I showed this guy grace and I, I gave him a it's okay sign and, and, and smiled at him and gave him a little friendly wave. And that's what I always want. I just want someone to just say they're sorry and acknowledge that there was a problem and give me a smile and a wave. But how often do I not do that? You know, how often am I yelling and screaming in my car? And it can be easy. It, it you know, that, that car, that, that road rage is, is a lot like uh, the closed sandbox of social media where we can just rant and rave at people and, and say all kinds of mean and hateful things because we don't have to look them in the eye after that happens. And in the car, I can yell at a person that I wouldn't normally yell at. You know, a person cuts me off in the grocery store and I might mutter under my breath or think something, but I won't yell at him. But in my car, I yell because it's like, well, they can't hear me and they can't, you know, they don't know, so I, I can get away with this. Last week, I issued the, uh, the no news challenge and um, I share an, a, 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 a television account with a friend and I, I noticed that they did pretty good with the no news thing, but uh, toward the end of the week, it looks like they gave up on the no news challenge. So I'm reissuing it to you. You know who you are. Um, the no news challenge and, and do something nice instead of watching the news and see how that goes for you. Um, but I want to issue us that, that grace challenge this week to just, 
when something happens, write a story that explains why this could be. Maybe the person who passed you on the no passing zone had just gotten a call and their family member had gone into labor and they needed to get to the hospital right away to take care of something. Or um, they had, uh, you know, they're driving so slow because they're carrying their um, uh, elderly parent in the car and that person has uh, a broken bone and they can't handle the bouncing of the car. So that's why they're driving so slow. Um, maybe they really are planning on turning and that's why that blinker's been on for the last five miles. I, I don't know. Come up with a reason that, that makes it okay for whatever they did. And then don't investigate that reason. Just accept that reason. Say, that's why they did it. And then that makes it a little bit more okay that they did because they've got that really good, solid reason that you know is true. I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with grace and the grace challenge. If you've got stories to share, about your grace challenge, maybe put them on our Facebook page. Or maybe drop in on, us, on our Reddit page and, and, and answer the Facebook, or the, the, the grace challenge there and, and tell us your grace story about how you wrote a better story for the thing that just happened and made it okay. Because I want to hear them. And I know other people probably do too because it, it, it helps me to know that you're doing good things out there in the world. So uh, thanks for doing that in advance. And thanks for spending the last uh, half hour or so with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you got as much out of it as I did. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing this show. Um, some shows I, I feel better about than others. And this one just it felt good to me. It, uh, it helped me remind myself a lot of things. This is, I don't know if you guys know it or not. I guess instead of asking you to support us on Patreon, I should be paying you because a lot of times this is my therapy. Uh, so I thank you, Dr. Listener, for giving me the chance to have a little bit of therapy tonight. And um, thank you for your continued support and listening. If you want to support us financially, check out the Patreon at MessItUpPodcast.com or mums the word, text the word mum to 760-WALL-CA to do text to give. Follow us on all of our social media. Maybe check out one of my books, uh, Still in Beta or Piece by Piece. Uh, those are both available on Apple Books or on Amazon Kindle, or you can also get a paperback uh, through Amazon by checking those out and really appreciate the, the folks who um, have uh, taken the time to read those books, share them with people, let people know about it, spread the word about our ministries, and um, we just are really thankful for everyone who does that. So thanks a bunch for being here, and um, we'll see you next time. We mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.